0: Hey, Emily, guess what I'm looking forward to? If I had to guess, I'd say your next meal. Well, true that. But even more than that, I'm looking forward
1: to our annual Being Boss vacation in New Orleans. Same, we still have a handful of tickets left, so if you've been wanting to join us on our annual Being Boss vacation in New Orleans, consider this your sign to join us for a live podcast recording, masterclasses and workshops, and an epic boss celebration, and more with me, Kathleen, and your creative peers from all over the world. In the most magical city in the world, right? Yes,
0: all right. The Being Boss vacation is happening September 26th to the 28th in New Orleans. Go to beingboss.club NOLA for all the details.
1: We hope to see you there.
0: Hello and welcome to Being Boss, a podcast for creative entrepreneurs.
1: I'm Emily Thompson. And I'm Kathleen Shannon. In this episode of Being Boss, Kathleen and I are talking all about homeschool, daycare, and what all goes into being boss and being mom. As always, you can find all the tools, books, and links we reference on the show notes at www.beingboss.club. As entrepreneurs and bosses, it can feel like we have to do everything
0: and be everything our business needs in order to be successful. There's nothing wrong with learning new skills and educating yourself, but it's also important to know when to replace or supplement your effort with useful tools. Take accounting. It needs your attention on the regular to ensure your books are in order. Packing spreadsheets with numbers and shoeboxes full of receipts might get the job done, but is it really the most efficient use of your time? products like freshbooks let you make better use of your time freshbooks is accounting software which kind of sounds boring but it's far from it it's been designed with small creative business owners just like you in mind It's not designed for accountants. That means it's super easy to use for things like invoicing, time tracking, creating estimates, tracking expenses, late payment reminders, project collaboration, online payments, and so much more. So stop freaking out about money and get organized. FreshBooks is a time-saving business tool you've been looking for. To get a free 30-day trial of FreshBooks right now, go to freshbooks.com slash beingboss and enter beingboss in the how did you hear about us section. Hey, Emily. Hi, Kathleen. How's it going? It's good. Just doing the damn thing. All
1: day, every day.
0: Which, speaking of all day, every day, today we are talking about being moms and being bosses. So, this is a topic that we talked about early in our podcasting career. And our kiddos were younger and different than they are now, so we thought that we would do an episode all about how we're managing work and life, specifically around being moms and being bosses and the decisions that we have to make and the things we have to juggle. And I'm excited to talk about it. So let's dive in. Maybe we should let our listeners know, for those of them who haven't been listening for a while, we both have one child each. I have a kiddo. His name is Fox. He is four years
1: old. Right. And I have one also, Lily, and she is 10 years old. So it's funny, whenever we started this podcast, Fox was more or less a baby. Lily was like, I want to say angsty preteen, but six is not an angsty preteen, but kind of in a lot of ways um, is the same. So in so many ways, like... I feel like our business has grown as our children have grown and through that both like as business grows and as our children have grown our relationships between the two with you know us and our kid us and our work and then sort of the love triangle that goes on between those three things have shifted over the past two three four years so i'm excited to revisit this topic because I feel like, of all the work life balance that you and I have in our work and life, um, I feel like we're most able to sort of keep a really good balance and separation between, you know, being boss and being a mom. I oftentimes talk to clients or to people who, um, Follow me on social media, and sometimes they're surprised to know I have a kid. Like, I feel like I'm pretty good at keeping that pretty separate. You a little less so, especially on social media, but whenever it comes to work, you're probably more separated than I am, which is fantastic. So I'm excited to dive into all of that.
0: So I want to, before we really dive into where we're at with our kids now and what it's like and all the things, I want to go all the way back. So... Did you know that you wanted to be like a work from home mom? Did having a kid factor into your decision to be an entrepreneur? Tell me more about like from the very beginning what your expectations were.
1: Sure. So whenever it was really time for me to super like join the adult workforce, um, I had just had Lily And I remember one of the decisions being, am I going to go get a grown-up job or am I going to stay at home with Lily? So really immediately it was the choice of I'd rather be a work-at-home mom than to put Lily into daycare or to, you know, figure out some other solution. I also, I'm a total homebody in a lot of ways and you know my home is where I'm most comfortable it's also where I'm most I feel like I'm most creative and most able to be myself so it wasn't just about staying home with Lily it was also just staying home in a lot of ways um so that was actually one of the um it was the decision that really led me, or at least one of the decisions that really led me into being my own boss and starting my own business and working from home. It was because I wanted to stay home with Lily.
0: But I really think that that distinction of you just wanting to stay home in general is a really good one that I've never really thought about before because it is nice to be able to hang out in your house.
1: Yeah, I mean, I always think it's funny when you joke around about working, you know, just a couple feet from your refrigerator, um, and though you say it, I feel it (laughs) just as much as you say it, Um, and that's not to say that I haven't had offices outside of the home a couple of times in the past, because I have. I took the studio into a physical, you know, brick-and-mortar workspace at one point, actually twice before. Um, I've definitely worked outside of the home since then, um, but it's always very close to home, and I obviously keep coming back home. Um, I do love, you know, putting around my house and taking my lunch breaks on my front porch and, um, you know, not having to rush out the door in the morning, which I think we'll be talking about a whole lot in a minute. Um, I really like life at home. Okay,
0: so I want to talk a little bit more and we can dig into my situation because ours, we're almost completely opposite in the way that we've handled childcare and working from home and all of that stuff. And what I love about it that we have such different experiences is that we are so non judgmental about each other's experiences. It almost just like is what it is. And I wish that all moms were this way with each other, like just empowering each other's choices and going with it. Um. So it is whatever works for you. I want to talk a little bit about Lily now homeschools.
1: Yes. She does homeschool. so,
0: So what made you decide to homeschool and has that been the vibe like the whole time? Have you tried different things? Tell me what's going on now and like how
1: you've led up to that point. For sure. So anyone who's like known a pregnant person or has ever been pregnant, I feel like all moms have that one thing they preach about, like all pregnant, like new moms. And so for a lot, it's like, I will breastfeed for two years or I'm going to co-sleep or I'll never co-sleep or whatever it may be. They just have this thing they preach. The thing that I preached was that I was going to homeschool. That was my thing and I was going to do it, all these things. So From very early on, I was going to homeschool. But I will also say, you know, I decided to stay home with Lily from the very beginning, She does homeschool now and is obviously home with us in doing that. But throughout the process, we've gone through almost every childcare option. So she was in daycare at one point. She went to kindergarten like all the other kids. Um, I've had people come into the house and keep her at home. She's gone out of the house to stay, you know, with a babysitter or whatever it may be. We've done we've run the full gamut pretty much. Um. And But home is where we always come back to, and after that first year of school, after going to kindergarten, and I think that was even the point when we had the out-of-house studio. So we had the physical studio space, and it was easier for us to have, you know, the traditional life of getting up every morning, taking the kid to school, going to work, leaving work to go pick her up, and then coming home. We ran that that usual routine, Um, but... And I, don't, I I, still don't know if it was me wanting to homeschool that made this happen or if, like, Lily turned out this way and it made homeschool be the most viable option. But her in school didn't get along well. And it made her really tired. I don't know if we had put her in too early or if she just wasn't cut out for it or what I really think it was, and I can preach about this all day, is I think the school system is quite a bit messed up and not meant to um, – not really meant to suit all kids, um, and it didn't suit Lily at all. So we went through kindergarten. She would come home every day and just pass out cold. And I remember day after day having to, like, get her out of bed, put her at the dinner table while she was asleep, like, trying to force food down her just so I could, like, pick her up and go put her back in bed. And that was most days. And not even, that's not even, you know, the fact that she was coming home every other weekend with a new bug and, like, was sick all the time. I'm living, I'm living that dream
0: right now. Right, right, like, and
1: it really messed with our lives, like, we could not live because Lily was in school, and it was, it was, she wasn't reacting to it in the way that we wanted. She also had a really weird, like, teacher experience, like, it was just not the best experience, like, first year of school, and we almost took her out mid-year, I remember watching a TED Talk, and some of you may know what it is. We'll find it and put it in the show notes. There's this TED Talk by this kid he's like seven eight nine years old and he's talking about being unschooled and I remember watching that TED talk by this adorable kid um Christmas break of Lily's kindergarten year and us almost not sending her back to school because it was speaking to me in all of the ways like I knew that that's what I wanted to do um I knew that that's the sort of education experience I want. Lily, I wanted Lily to have but we went ahead and decided to keep her in for her for the rest of her first year but then after After that, we were done and we've homeschooled ever since. And that was I think that was low about four years ago now. Okay, so you and your partner, David, Lily's dad,
0: you work Mm -hmm. together. Now you guys are running businesses together. How do you create structure and how do you divide and conquer with roles? Like, how do you just truly have to balance it? Because she's in the house with you all day or maybe not like what are what is a day to day like for you and your family
1: I feel like that's such a loaded question with lots of expectations like what is a day like no two dates are ever the same (laughs) just like any entrepreneur like we've definitely attached ourselves to this lifestyle where there is no really solid routine obviously with Lily we've tried to create routine because that does nurture all kinds of things and we see that but it's not a day-to-day we more we have more of a weekly routine more so than a day-to-day um no one's really getting out of bed or at least not making any noise until 8 a.m every single day, every single day. And that's probably one of my favorite things about living and working in this way is that we're not like getting up and rushing out of the house. We're not like stressed. Like our mornings are very chill. We get to have breakfast together every morning. We usually spend, when the weather is nice, some amount of time like either on the front porch or walking around the yard. Like we're, we're together. We're spending our mornings usually pretty calmly together. So that's probably like The only thing that's pretty much the same always. So nobody's like
0: waking up angry or crying or whining? Nope. That's awesome.
1: Okay, keep going. Right, we Will do. So we have our mornings, um, usually about 9 a.m. is when like things actually super start happening in terms of everyone's responsibilities. Lily does have a tutor that comes in twice a week at the moment. That relationship has changed a couple of times and will probably change a couple more times over the next couple of years, depending on Lily's needs. She comes in and tutors Lily for about two and a half, three hours, twice a week. And sometimes they'll leave the house, they'll go do things out and about around town, or they'll sit at the dining room table or on the couch. And that gives David and I usually time just like hit the ground running with work stuff. So um, he'll be doing whatever he does. I'll come in and do whatever I need to do. And that's when we usually have the most focused work time. There's also two days a week that Lily, um, Lily does her rock climbing practice. She's on a rock climbing team. So she, she spends two and a half hours each week. No, I guess five hours, two and a half hours twice a week um, rock climbing. So David will take her, drop her off. And then that gives him also a little more time to do the work stuff that he needs to do.
0: And I love that rock climbing is a part of her curriculum. Like, I think what I love the most about homeschooling or even unschooling is that I guess unschooling, there is no curriculum, but getting to design their experience in a way that suits them. And as we know, as entrepreneurs, your education and your experiences are a part of your education. It is so much more than that traditional, you know, nine to five. Here's what you're learning at school. It really is about all the things. And I love that, you know, starting at a really young age, Lily is able to blend more of who she is into the schoolwork that she does. And that rock climbing is just as much a part of that
1: as math or science or reading and writing. Absolutely, and that's also super true when it comes to like actual learning things as well. So every quarter she does one sort of one homeschool class, like there are workshops and classes and things around town, and we let her choose one every quarter, every six months, however often they go. And so we'll lay them all out for her. Like you can go to the aquarium and do this, this or this, or you can go to the Children's Museum and do this, this or this. There's also this option. Which one do you want to do? And she'll choose whatever she's interested in at that moment moment, Whether it's science or cooking or, you know, whatever it may be, she gets to completely and utterly choose what it is that she's learning within reason. <laughs> like, we may not give her some options when we think, it, you know, it's time for some really hardcore curriculum stuff. Whereas, for example, this summer... We're actually going to stop tutoring for a while and she's going to go back into some music lessons that she wants to do. So um, so we really give her the option to choose what it is that she wants to learn. And so we're investing in her education, but it's her education, which is something that we love having the ability to do.
0: I love this so much. So what about like, accreditation, or am I even using the word right?
1: (laughs) Right? I mean, no and yes. Every state is super different. So, So most of the states in the South are pretty, like, pretty easygoing on things like homeschooling. And I think they should be. I don't think there should be tons of regulations whenever it comes to homeschooling. You usually have to choose what they call, at least in some states they call it an umbrella school. So Lily actually is a member of a school. Um, I don't I don't know which one it is. And this is one of those things where David is responsible for all of this. I have no idea. I could probably find it if I needed to. I could definitely ask him. But she is a member of a school. Um, and it's usually just <laughs> we've seen some that's like, you know, just some like hippie mom out in the woods has started like a quote unquote school that all her like hippie friends add their kids to and it counts. Um, so they can either be super legit and there are some super legit ones. A lot of them are also very faith based. Um, but then some of them are super hippy dippy, they don't care at all. Some of them require you to send in things like grades and attendance. Some of them don't care at all. So there really is like a full um a full spectrum of what you can what you can get yourself into. And we always do a ho- a lot of re uh research. We did it whenever we added her to a school in Alabama and then also whenever we moved to Tennessee to really find one that was going to um that was going to be really perfect for what we wanted so depending on what school you add yourself to will dictate what it is that you actually have to um have to deliver i guess to that school and then whenever it comes to um i guess going to college (laughs) and applying and like getting your diploma those sorts of things um again depending on what state you're in there is um they may be required to take some tests or um definitely like getting a GED is something that Lily is interested in doing probably earlier than most and she has the opportunity to do those things um but in the south at least where we've been living it's pretty lenient you can find whatever suits your wants and needs and we tend to go more towards the unschooling route technically though obviously we have quite a bit of curriculum going on.
0: And then what are your roles like whenever it comes to your work week and then David's work week? Do you guys shift who is the primary with Lily or how do you divide and conquer or are you dividing at all? Like how do you do all of the things?
1: Sure. So I mean, in reality, I'm in here working full time. So very little am I out and about doing things. I may leave occasionally and make lunch for everyone but more often they're actually making lunch for me which is actually also one of my favorite things about this like Lily will oftentimes just bring me fresh baked cookies while I'm working and I can have fresh baked cookies because that's what she wanted to do that day um so they are definitely out there doing their thing and David also does a lot of uh, teaching with Lily as well they have workbooks and and things that they'll do together David is I guess if I had to call it like primary caregiver, like he's also the one taking her to the doctor or to the dentist and those sorts of things. Um, Because his workload is also significantly less than mine, just as important, but like more highly systemized than what it is that I do. Um, He's able to just come in, touch work pretty briefly and have a lot more free time. So David is doing more of that stuff. But sometimes I'll also I'll get involved as well. Um, We will you know, do lots of outside things or like planting or going on hikes. And I'm usually involved in those kinds of things. Lily and I will also occasionally like have a book that we'll read together for a while um, or whatever it may be. Whenever it comes to things like that, I tend to, I think, be a little more like have my teacher hat on. I'm like, all right, book report. And she's like, blah. Whereas David and Lily, if they're reading, it's just for fun. So it we do have a really good dynamic between those two things. But if I like really had to paint the picture, I am pretty much in here working, you know, 30, 40 hour work weeks while David is doing most of the taking care of Lily. But then I'm also able to leave though. And, you know, I'm cooking dinner or we're definitely making breakfast together and we're having like regular family time. But During the workday, it's mostly David.
0: Let's say I decided I wanted to homeschool because you've made it sound super dreamy, but it is
1: super dreamy.
0: I don't have a partner who could be home during the day as well. So, what you're not going to get
1: shit done, right?
0: So, exactly. (laughs) So, like, if you had to imagine that David's going off and getting a full time job and you are doing, you know, almanac and
1: all the things, do you think that you could do it? I think I could more do it now than I could have a couple of years ago. Because Lily is older, she's much more able to just entertain herself for an hour or two even. Like, there have even been evenings where or afternoons where you and I are recording and David has to go do things. And Lily's in there hanging out alone while I'm in here, like, obviously very into whatever it is that we're doing. So now that she is older... I think it would be much more possible. I there would have to be some hardcore shifts in how we did things. I would probably have to outsource a lot more of her learning or outsource a lot more of my work um, in order to make that happen. But if she were younger, if she were like first, second grade, I don't think that, that would be as possible. There would have to be someone in the house pretty much full time helping make that happen.
0: So do you think about grades like do you think about she's in the first grade or the second grade or do you think in that, that yeah but in mind? D-
1: like most parents but I think more so I have no idea <laughs> like it's one of those things I really have to stop and think about it sometimes because it's, I don't have that like consistent reminder um, yes we are I guess more or less tracking that sort of stuff um, she's in the fourth oh my god is she is she in the fourth grade <laughs> now that I'm saying it I'm not even sure that that's true. Huh. She's either in the third or fourth grade. Thank you for putting me on the spot. And, um,. We'll continue, we'll continue tracking a lot of that stuff. Her tutor, who also teaches at a local school, who does some, and some other tutoring, um, also does, she probably does the best job of really keeping Lily on track because she has that, she has other kids to compare her to, I guess, um, in those experiences. Whereas, you know, David and I have nothing to compare her to. Like, really, like, what reading level is she at? You know, I'm, you know, the asshole overachiever over here that's always like oh my god what if she's not getting it but then her tutor will come in and be like you know she's doing so great like having that outside person really helps the type a me (laughs) deal with um, not having something to compare it to not that it's about comparing and that that should be right but I'm human that's what I do um, If you feel comfortable talking
0: about it, I want to make sure that I protect, you know, our kiddos and their experiences because it's sure. different from us. But do you guys ever butt heads whenever it comes to being the teacher, the authority, the mom, the dad? Like, how do you balance that part of
1: it? Lots of conversations. For sure. I mean, David is significantly more passive than I am. I definitely tend to be the more, the more aggressive and like, let's fall, like set up the boundaries and follow them. Whereas David's like, let's just have fun and plant all the things and, you know, all the fun stuff, which is fine. But there definitely has been times where I need structure and I need Lily to have that structure as well. And David is it's just more fun than I am which I totally see or especially in regards to let's say um, someone we've hired to help Lily you know if they're not meeting my standards David's the kind of person who will just let it slide but I'm gonna be the one who says something about it so there have been a couple of times even there and it's not so much butting heads just sometimes there is a little bit of friction David and I have been together long enough and we've been doing this long enough that it is no no big thing to just have a conversation just move forward but there are definitely times um a lot less now than there used to be um and you just have to learn to talk
0: and then i know that lily loves some video games like how Mm -hmm. do you keep her from just wanting to play video games all day because i've even heard of like some unschooling philosophies where it's if that's what they want to do then let them do that and maybe they will be some badass video game designer one day or you know like that that is just as valid of um curiosity as anything else and that's kind of the parenting approach I take in general like I don't limit screen time and I found that Fox even at four years old has been able to self-regulate and I've almost left some pretty awesome mom groups on Facebook over the topic of screen time so what are your thoughts on screen time how do you regulate it how do you enforce it
1: Yeah, that's such a good question. And I think every kid is different. I wish I didn't have to regulate it. But I think in a past life, Lily probably had a really sincere addiction problem (laughs) (laughs) or something because she cannot self-regulate. Her screen time at all and we've even had some hardcore issues before where like she's sneaking out in the middle of the night to like grab the iPad to play games like okay yeah I mean it's 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 been difficult Um, so we've had to set up some very hardcore rules and they have helped her really really a lot Um, to have a healthy relationship with screen time it's one of those things where again I just think every kid is completely different I wish Lily had the capacity and maybe she does now a little more to self-regulate but that hasn't been so in the past so what we do on Saturday and Sunday mornings um eight o'clock whenever she, like we're all up and about or actually now that Lily's older David and I are not up and about at 8 am anymore on the weekends but Lily does get up and that's that's really her unmitigated screen time that's whenever she's really able to just go in there and do whatever she wants and she'll do that until either we go somewhere or or she starts getting snappy at me or, um, or we have something else going on. So Saturday and Sunday mornings is when I really like give her the freedom to go play your video games, watch TV, do whatever you want. Um, and she'll, she's gotten really good at getting up and fixing herself breakfast and doing all those things on Saturday and Sunday morning and just having her time. And that's become super important to her to have that, um, to have that time to herself. It's really helped her be super independent. Um, and to just do things that she's interested in without mom and dad being around which is really great and David and I love it because we just get to lay in bed as long as we want without being bothered on the weekends um during the week it's a different story we don't let her watch tv or like or really even well we don't let her watch tv until after like school hours which is usually about three four o'clock um and then we have to we still have to super regulate like the laptop, like those little fingers just go off without even realizing it. So we've really kept that to only school stuff. Um, Occasionally during the week, she'll, you know, watch something educational. We'll we'll allow her to do those sorts of things. But um, but those are the times when we really have to keep it on lockdown. Because if we didn't, she would not ever walk away from a screen.
0: What would you say is your biggest challenge whenever it comes to being a mom and being a boss? And it could be around homeschooling or it could be around anything, really.
1: Sure. I I think I'll have two because I do want to talk about homeschooling for half a second was like the biggest challenges there because I know I just made it sound probably the most dreamy <laughs> right. that it ever could be. I'm like, tell me what isn't
0: awesome about oh, it right. because right now I'm feeling like maybe I need to do this thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of not awesome things about it. I mean... David and I can't go have you know business lunches without Lily being with us almost every actually literally every single day so those sorts of things definitely like makes it a little more difficult to live an adult life and not that like you can you can't live an adult life with a kid that's not what I'm saying but you can't do only adult things we can't go to the bar at noon how about that (laughs) We can't do a Thursday happy hour, Um, but so we can't do that as easily, at least not together. We can do that separately, and we do sometimes. We can't do that together, but I think the hardest thing about homeschool for us, being in the South especially is that we're having a really hard time finding homeschool communities that are not super religious. And again, not that I'm against that, though I've experienced enough to know that at this point I'm kind of against that personally. Um, and so that's been really difficult for us to find some like just very secular <laughs> homeschool people. Um, has been really difficult. And also in doing homeschool activities around town, one of the things that we've super found is a lot of the kids who are in those homeschool like workshops or classes or whatever are quite often at least involves a couple of kids who have been kicked out of every traditional school they've been in because of you know behavioral issues or whatever so it really makes those investments kind of touch and go where sometimes Lily will go and get a whole lot out of them and sometimes Lily will go and get nothing out of it because there are some kids in there who make it really difficult I think that's can obviously be true in traditional school but these are even the kids who can't go to traditional schools. And it makes that extra investment and the excitement that we have about her having these cool opportunities to go and, you know, learn at the aquarium and do all of those things, just kind of hit and miss where sometimes they're really valuable. And sometimes all it does is, you know, really teach Lily about different parts of the human condition, which is also valuable, but is what it is. And then in terms of like being boss and being mom, I think it's Like prioritizing my energy. And I speak of this specifically around like that morning that I was talking about, where sometimes I like to get up super early and come in and knock out two or three hours worth of work before anyone even gets out of bed. But that changes my ability to super enjoy that hour of morning that we have together, because my brain's already in it. Like I can't be as, you know, consumed in that conversation about The slug that we saw going across the sidewalk, because I'm already thinking about the 18 emails in my inbox that I need to answer, whatever it may be. So I think, I think for me, it's like really weighing what it is that I want to be doing. And not even like in that moment, but how it will affect the moments afterwards as well. Like, you want to talk about like adding a whole other layer of being boss, be a boss and be a mom at the same time. And you're kind of like a superhuman, (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right?
0: This Bing Boss episode is brought to you by 2020, where creative minds get authentic, real world stock photos. If you're looking to positively inspire your audience on social media or on your blog, you'll want to use engaging, fresh photos that are unique. 2020 has crowdsourced millions of exclusive photos from a community of over 350,000 photographers, all available under a simple royalty-free license. Today, they're offering listeners of Being Boss a five-photo-free trial. To start yours right now, go to 2020.com beingboss. That's the word 20, then 20.com slash beingboss to get five free photos. All right. I want to hear about Fox now. Okay. So I was – whenever I was pregnant with Fox, I was already running Braid Creative. Yep. And Fox was about one years old, one year old, whenever we started being boss. And I knew that – okay, so after he was born, I thought – I just didn't know what to expect. And we've talked about this before, where, like, I could go one of two ways. I could go super crunchy – He's going to be attached to my body for two years kind yeah. of thing. Yep. Or I could go the other way and just send him to daycare and call it a day. Right. That's the direction I went. <laughs> but I did really do, I will say that I did kind of a blend, like a hybrid of attachment parenting. Like I nursed until he was 15 months and we co- we still co-sleep to this day. So he's four years old. And also, okay, let me just clarify now that I've talked about that. (laughs) So we did co-sleep, like he was full on in our bed for about, um, probably about a year. And during that year, I tried different things because of the sleep deprivation to get him into a crib and sleep training light. And that just doesn't work for him. He likes to be basically laying on top of me while we sleep. So, and I don't mind it now. So, um... We've basically co-slept his whole life. And so we were getting a lot of that like super physical bonding time with the nursing and the sleeping. But then he was going to daycare eight hours a day from the time he was about eight weeks old to now. And we've tried a couple of different things as well. I even wrote an article about why daycare is awesome because before I sent him to daycare, I was Googling that and it was always acting like daycare was the consolation. Like, oh, I'm so sorry that you can't stay home with your kid. And I felt like it was all very just rooted toward moms. And we live in a modern world where a lot more dads are you know, either the primary caregiver or it's totally 50-50 and taking just as much ownership over their family and their kids as the moms. Um, but there is something about being a mom. I, am, I will say there is something about being the mom, at least for my son. He is a mama's boy. And so whenever it comes down to it, at the end of the day, I'm the one that's really giving him the cuddles. And my husband's playing with him and does a lot of things, but he wants his mama. So... I thought, you know, well, maybe I will stay home with him or somehow work from home. And I'd seen you do it and try lots of different things. But ultimately, I decided daycare was it. I had to write the article about why daycare was awesome because I couldn't find it. Like it just did not exist. And that had to come with a couple of years of experience, though. I can't write an article about daycare, why daycare is awesome if I haven't even experienced it yet. And so what I can say now that he's four years old is that daycare is awesome. That time is fleeting. And for me, I feel more like I want to spend more time with him now. Like if, if I were going to pull him anytime, it'd probably be now more than ever. Or who knows, maybe whenever he's eight, then it is whenever he's eight weeks old. And I I do think that there is something to that like mama baby bond where like, yes, it'd be great if you could just hold your baby all day, every day for a year. But it's just not incredibly realistic. And you're still the mom at the end of the day. And you get the opportunity to let other people love your child, to teach your child new things. For me, that's been huge. So my kiddo goes to daycare. Whenever he was around two years old, I don't think I've talked about this much on the podcast. Whenever he was around two years old, his daycare teacher quit and he was not very happy. So after about a week, she actually quit to nanny for another mom. And the mom was like, hey, let's nanny share. And so after about a week of him being miserable without his regular teacher, Miss Ashley, shout out, um, I decided to see what it was like for him to stay with her all day. And it was this dream of like, we'll take them to the zoo once a week and then to the science museum and all of that. And that worked for right at about a year. But after about a year, it's like a day at the zoo turns into a day in front of the TV. Right? So just yeah. like anything else, things evolve and things change. And also, I love the reliability of daycare. Like I know that on any given day, it is covered. So I put him back in daycare and then we moved up to Detroit. And up here, I was definitely looking for schools. That was a number one priority was getting him into another school. So now that he's four years old, it's almost like a daycare preschool hybrid. I found a really great Montessori school. And for me, the kind of decisions that went into it that were really important to me were making sure that it was really diverse. Um, I'm okay with faith-based schools but there's one around the corner from me that was just a little too heavy-handed um with with all of the Jesus time they didn't they didn't enforce like a statement of faith which was cool but at the same time um we're not Christian so it made it really tricky to feel like we could like fully, I don't know. It's almost like a community thing, and so I'm friends with lots of Christians. Like one of my really good friends is a pastor, and Fox has gone to faith based schools before. Anyway, ugh, I'm rambling. Can we cut some of that out?
1: <laughs> no, it's good. It's all <laughs> it's all part of the process because you're right. I think, and like especially with this faith based stuff, where like Lily's preschool was like I think a Methodist, which well we're not even Methodist. Like even whenever we were Christians, I guess if that's something you were and aren't anymore like we weren't even methodists like and i also think that in many cases it's important for kids to learn like the faith that is surrounding you for sure but there are definitely like there's a sliding scale absolutely i want to talk about this montessori thing because that was something whenever we were looking for somewhere for lily to go you know really early on was montessori and i know that you took a lot of time to like find one and make that decision. Tell me about the decision to go Montessori.
0: Well, I mean, part of it was what was available. So I will be completely honest. I was making phone calls to all the daycares and preschools around the area and first asking if they had availability immediately. Um, And this Montessori happened to be kind of close to where Jeremy works so he's able to drop Fox off in the morning before he goes to work and whenever I visited they did have availability and then whenever I went to the actual school it was incredibly um incredibly diverse which was important to me one of the schools I toured there were no kids in the class at the time so I asked them I was like how diverse is your school that's really important to us and they were like what do you mean <laughs> It's like, okay, bye. Noted. <laughs> Noted. Um, so the kids are like I, – I wasn't entirely familiar with Montessori, and I am in no way an expert on the style of learning. But basically, like, the routine is – and it, I think that part of the f- base philosophies of Montessori is that the kids are really responsible for themselves. So Fox is incredibly independent. He loves being responsible for himself. And so they go out, they get a mat – they roll out their mat, they get their wooden toys, which are usually math based. So they're building blocks or and counting at the same time. It's kind of like trickery. Like you're learning <laughs> things by doing other things. For example, right? he learned life. how to, he finally learned how to hold a pencil because in Montessori, they have them use a little tack to poke holes along an image of a picture. Uh And so that's another thing, like you're giving a three-year-old attack, which I feel like some schools would be like, what? (laughs) They could die. Um, But just, you know, knowing that they they can handle it, they can handle attack. And so different things like that. So he'll have like, I think, two hours of Montessori education time. And it really is self-guided. They blend the classrooms. So three-year-olds, four-year-olds and five-year-olds are all together which I love that aspect of it. They're all learning from each other. Um, And so Fox will often go to where the big kids are and watch what they're doing. He's really into that. But then he also gets the opportunity to help the smaller kids with what they're learning. So all the kids are getting to play to their strengths and teach each other and learn even more by teaching each other along the way. So I love that. And then they have lunchtime. They have then afternoon class and then free play. So one of my biggest concerns about Montessori, though, is that I'm I really value imagination and play, and I don't think that they have as strong of an emphasis on play. I think that they're more about, um, like rational, logical, learning. tax, tax,
1: <laughs> and tax. And wooden blocks, yeah. for sure. Um, okay, so Montessori—that's like full time, right?
0: Yeah, it's full time only because we pay for the aftercare or whatever. So they had some like pre and aftercare built into it. But some of the kids that go to that school might just go for four hours a day or they might just go for six hours a day. But Fox is like a 10 hour a day baby.
1: (laughs) Good for him. (laughs) He's going to be ready. And so if he's four now, does he start kindergarten next year?
0: I don't know. You know, earlier, whenever you were talking about like you don't know. what. Right. Grade so he turned really...
1: four in February, correct? He turned
0: four in January. So January. He'll be... I think he's still pre-K. Like he'll so be the oldest. One more year. In... One more year. year. He'll be gotcha. the oldest in his kindergarten.
1: Gotcha. And
0: have you thought about like what happens next? I know this is a good question because it's so funny. This is the other thing about being a mom and being a boss is that whenever you have your first baby, at least in my experience, I felt like he was going to be one forever. And then I felt like he was going to be two forever. Like I just couldn't comprehend that he was going to be getting older. Yeah. So I have started to think about it. It is difficult thinking. I won't be able to just pull him out anytime to go travel. My dream is to find, I would like to keep him in Montessori. We are big supporters of public education. And if we can use our tax dollars. And our straight up talent. Like our kid is pretty brilliant. And I think that he would be a great contribution to any school that he goes to. If we can use our, you know, our emotional and financial and physical support to support public education and help turn that into what we want it to become, then I think that we'll try to do that. At the same time, this is where it gets so tricky being like, a warrior for social justice and wanting to make it work and make it better. But also,
1: do you have time for that?
0: No. I don't even have time for the PTA. Like I don't have time for any of it. I miss I even missed Fox's birthday celebration at his school because I had a meeting. And this is what I have to tell him. He so we do wake up crying and screaming and fighting every morning and getting dressed and in the car and there's tears. Like it is not like a happy scene in my house in the mornings, most mornings. There's nothing dreaming about it. But what I tell Fox every morning, and this is where I really am careful about my words. He'll be crying like, why I want to go to school? Why do I have to go? Which, by the way, every evening he comes home happy. Like he's glad he went once he went. But I tell him, because we choose to work. And lately he's been asking, why do you work? And it is nice to be able to so do So you can some, wear
1: your shoes. Right?
0: But not <laughs> even snacks. that. I mean, I don't want to attach it so much to the money stuff. Because right? I am practicing abundance <laughs> and we live rich lives. And he would have shoes even if, you know, one of us didn't work and he could stay home all day. But what I tell him is that, you know, we're changing the world with our work. Your dad is engineering self-driving cars to make the world a better place. And your mom is writing like having the book has been cool because I can show him that he's old enough that he can understand like, look, this is what your mom does. I wrote a book and he came to the book signing and got to see some of that in Oklahoma City. So I tell him I love the work that I do. And it is my wish for you that you will love the work that you do at school. And so I try and get more specifics out of him about like what he doesn't like about school I'm this is really tricky for me and he doesn't have either the language to communicate it or he's just straight up lying and he doesn't hate school he just doesn't want to get out of his pajamas
1: me neither that's why I work from home for sure right I mean and it I love that you're telling him why it is that you work in that way I hope I hope that helps him
0: Yeah, I'm trying not to be like because everyone has to go to school or because everyone has to work. Like, that's what I I want to say. Right. But he does have options. Oh, so going back to like what he's going to do for school, probably whenever he gets more to like kindergarten, first grade, I do like the Montessori. I feel like it suits his strengths. He's really into building Legos. Like, he can build a Lego set for seven to 12 year olds at four, he can follow the instructions and do the whole shebang. Um, So if we can do public education, if it makes sense, if it works, great. My dream is, you know, as you're talking about homeschooling, is to have some sort of hybrid where maybe if it's Montessori part of the day or even there's an outdoor school up here where the kids spend every single day, rain or shine, outdoors. And I think it's called like wilderness school or I want to say jungle school, but we don't have a jungle. So that makes no sense.
1: He will be there with his little galoshes on in a second.
0: Doesn't that sound incredible? So I kind of want to do something like that to almost mitigate all the screen time that Fox gets. Um, And that's another thing that I, another reason why I don't super limit screen time is because. He's not watching TV at all, all day. And I remember being in school and then coming home and just vegging out in front of the TV. Same. (laughs) I have been more strict about turning it off around 7 p.m. so that he can actually fall asleep. Um, But I've also found there have been some weeks where he's real heavy on the screen time and could probably spend eight hours a day on his iPad. And then other weeks where he's completely uninterested in just doing Legos and crafts and into that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just all about being super cognizant of what sort of phases they're going through and what works and doesn't work. Um, I want to um, want to high five this like dream of a hybrid because that's definitely where we're going. I wish more than anything, maybe not more than anything, but I do wish that we could send Lily to school one or two days a week. Only, and that it was just an option for her to go those one or two days, and then come home and you know do the things that she does here with us. Um, continued because I do absolutely see that there is tons of value in things like you know a traditional public school system um, and all of those things. I do, however, wish that it it gave parents the options for flexibility, which it doesn't currently do. I'm I'm hoping that there is a future obviously probably once our kids are done, (laughs) that there's a future where parents do have more options for how it is that their kids get an education and how it works in their overall life flow. Because one of the biggest reasons why we have decided to do homeschool and stay homeschool is for that travel piece that you mentioned a minute ago. I don't think I could be happy or I definitely wouldn't be as happy as I am now if I knew that we couldn't just pick up on a weekend or that we couldn't, you know, run, you know, a couple states away in the middle of the week if we wanted to. Like, I have obvious, it's obviously important enough to me in my life that I've built a career that allows me to do it. I wish I could also do the same for my kid.
0: I also have, like, some weird conspiracy theories about public education me too i mean i get kind of weirded (laughs) out by like testing i don't think it's yeah that's fucked up i feel like it's just not considering all i get that we need to standardize some things like we need to standardize money but even now with cryptocurrency but you know like there are some things that we have to be able to measure right and i get that with standardized testing and it's the easiest way to Understand where like all these kids are at, right? It's easy
1: for not the right people. I think I I, I could talk. We could do fourteen episodes. I about know all the shit Emily thinks about public school systems and like Both even good homework, and
0: bad. I feel like I oh. feel like it really <laughs> t- takes a toll on like wor- working you know single working moms who are working yeah. three jobs and if their kids are falling behind on homework and then also taxes and what neighborhoods are being funded or not. And, you know, I come from Oklahoma where earlier this year, there was a two week walkout where teachers just said no more. Right. And even then, like, it's just hard to make real change happen and to get the funding and all of that stuff. And so that's why on one hand, I want to be a part of that change and And help make that usher that change in. And on the other hand, I want to be like, you know what, if all I can vote with at this point is my dollars, then I will spend the money on a private education like at a Montessori. Right. That or, you know, nature school that really supports my values and my kids' learning style. Sure.
1: But that like So in Chattanooga, that has been the problem. It's been everyone who wants to vote with their dollars taking their kids out and putting them in in private school. And it's completely fucked up, the the public school system. Oh, I know.
0: Well, that's the problem in Oklahoma, too. And that's where I get conspiracy theory about it is that then if just the rich people are putting their kids in private school and getting the best education, where does that leave our public school? And that's why... I say I want to show up with, you know, physically and with Fox's brilliance and with our support as, you know, parents. But man, it's hard. It's hard to make that decision whenever it comes down to your child.
1: It is, which is why we chose homeschooling, which is why we just decided, like, screw them both. Like, we'll educate literally how it is that we want her to be educated, and everyone else, sorry, not sorry, can for yourselves. Uh, Where in that, like, I'm here to, like, answer questions and all those things about how it is that we do it, but I can only take care of my family. And... But part of that being also the work that we do, where I do believe that we are, you know, helping people create lives and empowering them in, you know, the ways that we are empowered to make our own decisions based on our own circumstances and to build those circumstances to be exactly what it is that we want them to be. And I think I absolutely know that the work that I do and the work that David and I do together is making Lily into a better person. And even that homework piece you were talking about a minute ago, very early on in Lily's current like tutor relationship. Her tutor tried to give her homework on the weekend. <laughs> and Lily said, I don't do homework on the weekend. And her tutor told me that, like, I think kind of expecting me maybe to get mad about it. And I was like, girl knows her boundaries. <laughs> or like, even I'm not bad about it. Like, sorry, not sorry. But like, weekends are definitely going to be more for playing and friends and all of these things. Like, we'll reserve the week for schoolwork. Um, So even knowing like that Lily came up with all of that on her own, like spoke her mind, like had her boundaries and then like held to them. I know that the work I do is making at least one way more awesome human being. Yeah, for sure.
0: I think that whenever it comes to school and all of that too, one of the things I worry about is the experience he might have and This is where I've had to let go of a lot of control, even as you were talking about Lily on her outings or like her camps that she'll go to. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it's a bust, sometimes not. Like, I think it really is taking it year by year or class by class, teacher by teacher, kid by kid, and really seeing, you know, what's working, what's kind of working, what's not working. Just like, you know, the stuff that we're creating for ourselves and for being boss and the way that we run our businesses, It's the same for our children and really just being able to check in and gauge the best solutions and also, though, being willing to ride out some tougher times. So even right now with Fox saying, like, I don't like school, one of the things he's saying is school makes me shy. And I'm trying to understand really what he means there, but just kind of letting him write it out because... The truth is, not everybody's going to like him all the time. And so if a teacher or a kid doesn't like you, I don't know, I'm just going to trust that that experience is also going to make you a better person. Um, And we'll talk about it at home, obviously. And then only really, I I just really want to be proactive and not incredibly reactive. So I do need to start thinking about what we're going to do. But I also really just want to take it one year at a time and continuing to do things that work, like Montessori, until they don't.
1: Yeah. So basically, it's taking all the same things we do in our own businesses and applying them to how it is that we parent. And I think, I think that's where, you know, the sort of... <laughs> Being boss, mindset, boundaries, habits, and routines, all of those things is like it's a holistic solution. It's not how it is that you build a business, but it's how it is that you build a life. And in the case of all the mom and dad bosses out there, it's also applying it to how it is that you parent because no two days are ever going to be the same. No year is going to be the same as the one before or after. Um, And if you want it to be getting progressively better, you have to stay consistently conscious of all the things that are happening.
0: And I do want to say that in any situation, in any circumstance, there's probably a sacrifice to be made. So I think that people (laughs) ask us, you know, what it's like, and you're having to make sacrifices with homeschooling. I'm having to make sacrifices with daycare or, you know, whatever, preschool. And that might be monetary, it might be energy, it might be level of happiness, it could be a lot of different things, but no matter what decision you make, I mean, that's just parenting. You're going to have to make some sacrifices. I think where it-
1: That's just really adulting. It's adulting. <laughs> All I think areas it comes of to adulting. Being boss is
0: just owning your choices. Yes. yes. Really owning what it is that you think is best, but also going with your gut. For me, going with my gut in what the best choice is and not questioning it. Anytime I really start questioning what I'm doing, that's when the mom guilt creeps in. Like it's not, I never feel guilty about screen time until I start questioning the screen time. Yeah. So I'm just going to own it.
1: Own it all day. All right. What are three things that boss parents can do at this moment (laughs) to stay more sane and balancing being a parent and being A business person.
0: I think that you should think about your support system in work and life more holistically. So you were just talking about it's about creating the life, right? Well, I had someone come up to me at one of our book signings and she asked me, she said, Can I tap your brain real quick? I need, I need help. And I was like, shoot, give it to me. And she said, Okay. I'm a working mom. My child is one year old, and she's at home with me all day. I only work while she's napping, and I want to grow my business. Who do I need to hire first? And I was like, hire a babysitter first. So think about your support system more holistically. So she was asking me who her first hire should be for her business, but after hearing that she had a kid and she's only working during nap time, I said, Invest in daycare first, like investing or, you know, and I, of course, asked her, I said, Are you opposed to daycare? And she's like, Well, kind of. I said, I think that whenever you think about who you're hiring, think about what's tapping your energy the most. And so where you need the most support. So if you need support cleaning your home, or if you need support with childcare, or if you need support with your inbox, or, you know, managing your email, or whatever it looks like for you. Hire around those things. But don't forget that child care and running a family and a household is a part of that that you could hire out for first. So I would just say think about your support system more holistically and think about child care as much of an investment as like Facebook ads.
1: Right. And like business investment. Yeah. For sure. Right, mine is mine is prioritizing your energy again. That like piece where I've discovered that if I get up really early in the morning and do work, I cannot expect that like I cannot expect expect for the breakfast conversation to be as light and easy as it would be if I had not gotten up early. And that's fine, but it's knowing when that's okay and when that's not okay. And so for me, it's really always been about prioritizing my energy, putting it where I really wanted to go. If, if it's, if it's Lily that day, then that's going to be a day where I'm shutting down all of my meetings. If it is meetings, that's a day where I know David's going to have Lily out and away. Um, or maybe there's even ways where I can combine those two and, and building almanac. That's one of the things that I'm really excited about exploring a whole lot is how I can actually give, energy to both at the same time and again like helping lily grow as someone who knows what it's like to work for what you want um but for me it's really been being super cognizant of when and where my energy is best and not best and making sure i'm putting it where i actually want it to go
0: i think my last one would be to write out your dream day so this is an exercise that we have on our website and we have it in our book And it's something that I really want to revisit even after telling you, admitting to you and all of our listeners that our mornings are kind of shit, is really thinking about what do I want my mornings to look like? And does it mean that I need to wake up 30 minutes earlier to be able to have a cup of coffee quietly before we start the hustle of getting dressed? Or is it getting Fox up earlier so that he can chill into his day instead of having to hit the ground running. So I think for me, it's writing out my dream day of what our typical Monday through Friday, but even the weekends too, what that really looks like so that I can make the dream. And I'm talking about like the daily grind dream.
1: Like, what does it look
0: like in the evening whenever I'm – am I hovering over my laptop while I'm making dinner, which is sometimes something that I do? Or do I have music going and candles on and incense burning and I'm making dinner and Fox is playing Legos? Like, what do I want it to look like so that I can start taking the steps to actually facilitate that to happen? So if I want Fox to be playing Legos instead of the iPad – Maybe I set Legos out on the table or have a craft ready for him whenever he gets home. So I think this is something I really want to do and it's something that I encourage all of our
1: parent bosses to do as well. I love it. Kathleen, it's been so good to, like, catch up with you on all of these things. Sometimes I take it for granted that we see each other multiple times a day because, again, we're so good at keeping these separate that we're not always talking about what our, like, mom situations are. We're talking about all of the email marketing and, like, numbers and all of those things. So it's good to to catch up. You too. Hey, bosses. I want to tell you about the
0: CEO Day Kit. The CEO Day Kit is 12 months of focus planning for your business in just one day. So Emily and I have packaged up the exact tools that we've been consistently using for years that have helped us grow from baby bosses to the CEOs of our own businesses. Gain clarity, find focus, get momentum, prioritize your time, make better decisions, and become more self-reliant with the CEO Day Kit. Go to courses.beingboss.club to learn more and see if it's a fit for you and your business. We'd like to give a shout out to our partner, FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. You can try it for free for 30 days, no credit card needed, and cancel anytime. Just go to freshbooks.com beingboss and enter beingboss in the how did you hear about us section. Special thanks to our sponsor, 2020, who is offering our Being Boss listeners a five photo free trial. To start yours right now, go to 2020.com slash Being Boss. That's the word 20, then 20.com slash Being Boss to get five free photos. Thank you for listening to Being Boss. Find articles, show notes, and downloads at www.beingboss.club.